Hi, this is the A to Z podcast, quarantine edition. Oh, hell, I don't know. I'm Zach. He's Andre. We're on most of your favorite social media platforms at Akron Jackson, at Draynot. You can find this podcast at the purple podcast button at A to Z podcast.com at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to scene to the honeymoon grill to American fireworks, support them like they've supported us. Thank all of you guys for your support to us, to our sponsors, to everything A to Z has been involved with through the years. Um, we know that, most traditional graduation ceremonies or all traditional graduation ceremonies are out the window. American fireworks can hook you up for uh, your parades on side streets, your blowing stuff up in the garage or whatever it is that you're going to do. Um, Dre, I don't know what day it is right now. We just had a conversation about pissing days away, even when we don't have anything to do. Um, yeah. How have you guys been toiling away lately? Man, what it do, baby? That's my Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I, I, like I just told you, and I'll say here, um, like today was a motivated Dre day. And in a motivated quarantine Dre day, that means I showered, I shaved, and I actually took care of like four things that I keep telling myself I'm going to do every day uh, that I just don't. The amazing thing is, I, you know, like usually by this point in the baseball season, I'm like, damn, I could use, you know, two days off in a row. I, you know, because usually it's like you get the one day off and you kind of do what you do on quarantine. You sleep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't really shave. Kind of, you know, you like you kind of half-ass everything. And then that next off day, you're like, all right, I'm gonna get some shit, shit taken care of. Well, I'm in that mix of like every day is like the first off day in eight weeks, and I just like sit around and I'm like, damn, it's noon already. Right. And then like I, you know, then then I eat, then I have a sandwich or something, do something with the kids, and I'm like, it's only one <laughs> thirty. Then it's like, can I take a nap? Um, I, I, we're just like everybody else, man. We're, we're hoping today there was some hope. There's been some back and forth about July 1st baseball and possibly being at home. Um, I've learned not to get too high, too low. This seems to have legs, but nothing can have legs right now. Right. Everything that we try to mount is kind of mounted in quicksand. I don't want to say quicksand, but, but mounted on a formation that's not that strong yet, because I don't think anyone except the NFL can plant their flag easily, you know, without giving a, a crap about how it looks or how it comes off. Well, there's just so much uncertainty. Um, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, and we understand, um, you know, we've been careful to say that we don't know when we go down these roads, right? And we don't want to speak out of school even when we talk about it. We've shared what we think we know. Um, but one thing we kind of went down for five or ten minutes on in the last podcast, if you missed it, is we both kind of feel like Memorial Day is the day not for baseball to be back, but for baseball to know, right? And the NBA and, and the NHL, yeah. right? Um, right, right. To know. And, and, and I did see the headline um, that, you know, there's there's mounting optimism for baseball July 1st, which would mean early in June teams would be for spring training too, which you're looking at about three weeks there, right? That's what we decided on is a fair, fair yeah. estimate. Um, yeah, two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, get get guys in, get get arms in shape, um, get people together, and and then we'll see. Um, you know, baseball to me, is, it not you know, doesn't have time on its side like the like the NFL does, Dre. But if it right. is going to be in these warm weather sites, if it is going to be in a handful of locations, you can't play. We just talked. Gosh, I don't know how many podcasts ago. I mean, nobody wants to see White Sox Tigers on Black Friday in the snow if you can even get it in. Right in no. Chicago or Detroit, but if that's in Arizona, 
Well, maybe that's a completely different story. Well, yeah, yes and no. I, I, you know, I, I don't disagree with you, but I don't disagree with you in a normal year. In the year that we have right now and how we're jonesing for anything that's fresh, live, new, um, you know, I think we take everything with a grain of salt in 2020, right? Yeah, I don't want to go watch. Like, look at our weather right now. It's 51 degrees in May. You know, and, and it's, think, it's chill, like it may snow in the next day or two. And think about how we would be bitching if we did have baseball games. I think one thing that I hope that this does, and I know it won't, and I'm part of the problem. <laughs> you are too. Is that I hope when we do get our sports back, we get our normal back, but, but that we just we don't take it for granted. We don't take for granted the 8,000 people that show up at Progressive Field on May 4th and it's 50 degrees and, and we're bitching about them. Nobody's selling the place out. You know what I mean? Like, like, like there's a big story, and I'm not talking crap on anybody. I think I want to say Dustin and had on uh, Keith Law or whatever, and they were talking about Frankie and contract stuff. And this shows you how slow a time it is. Before we left Arizona, I had Frankie and I had Chris Antonetti on the record saying they weren't talking anymore. But now it's a big story and because supposedly Frankie, this is how it was said by Keith Law, Frankie doesn't want to, doesn't want to hear what they have to say. Well, I find that kind of interesting because let's all be honest. Does anybody think the Indians can pay Frankie what Frankie wants and what Frankie deserves? Mm-hmm. No, not, no sane person thinks it's happening. So, so it goes back, thanks. And Frankie knows what you know, and Frankie knows what I know, and Chris knows what you know. So is that really a story, or is that a quarantine story? Uh, it's a quarantine story, but I would say to a large yeah, extent it's a quarantine story. However, you know how this stuff goes, because we went through it with LeBron three times over, right? When it's pending out there, anytime it's asked, anytime it's broached, yeah. anytime it's brought up, it's part of the deal. So the answer is yes and no, but the answer is strongly on one side. But, I mean, Frankie's – I mean, this is not a normal player, right? And this is a saga. I, 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 is it a saga already? Did I use right. the right word? I don't know. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just how it's going to be. No, it's a I mean – And like I said, I'm not following on Keith. Keith Keith, Keith that did the report is fine. Keith, the the producer, probably one of the best producers in in radio. Forget Cleveland, period, in radio. Keith is outstanding. Dustin's a great friend of both of ours. I'm not attacking them. I just, I'm amazed what, like, it's not a story, people. I think we all know the conclusion of the the Frankie Lindor Cleveland Indian situation. We We all know the end of the story. It's like watching this Jordan thing. We all know what happens at the end, but we're intrigued. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I, and like, I don't know. The baseball, like I said, I hope we just don't take for granted anything that we get sports-wise when we get it back. Because you're right. Your original question, absolutely, for my first 41 years, 42 years on this planet, I would have lost my mind, Zach, if I had to watch that game or cover that game you mentioned. But after going through what we've gone through for 50-some days, if I got to go back to covering women's college basketball, I will do it, and I will do it to the best of my ability without complaining. Yeah, um, you know, I guess you look at hell. I don't know what day it is, but um, <laughs> UFC is this weekend. I think NASCAR I think. is next weekend. German yep. soccer, I believe, is next weekend. Um, listen, I, I can I'll, tell you something else. 
Well, I know the Korean Baseball about- League has been back on, and it's back on yeah. DraftKings and FanDuel, and ESPN picked up the games, which doesn't surprise me. It's just something that doesn't apply pro- to me because it's on at 1 in the morning or 4 right. in the morning, and I'm I'm asleep well, during pro- this. We got something Friday. We got something coming Friday. I hate to cut you off. Okay. Friday, we can get pay-per-view, and we just got this from a good friend of the show, one of the best friends of the show. We can get the um, uh, we can get pay-per-view. Why can't I find this outlaw sprint cars? You want to watch that? We can get it for pay-per-view, twenty bucks <laughs> Friday night. And no, I don't really want to watch doing. it, but I might. <laughs> hey, you go bet on it. I'll show you all the cars. I bet we can get a bet going. I mean, that's where we're at. And then, like, it literally, Pete texted me. It was like, "Yo, this is going down Friday. I might get it." And I'm like, and usually I'd laugh. I was like, "Well, shit." He got, at first it was like he said it was thirty dollars. He was like, "Well, if you get it before midnight tonight, it's 20. And I'm like, "Well, I waste twenty dollars all the time." <laughs> right, right. I might do it. <laughs> I might do it. Like that's where I'm at. I, I might do it. Like I'm really at that point in life. And the Korean baseball thing, if dude, we don't care if it's live ESPN. Play that shit at seven p.m. Yeah, like the exactly. player at one o'clock, one a.m. is cool. I just don't get up. I, I barely can get up by like seven thirty when life is normal, and it, like I can't get up better. Like I can stay up that late. I can stay up till five thirty. Way better than I get up at five thirty. Put it that way. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have tried to make sure the, that I've had a, a steady bedtime that I've slept slept well through this. Um, right. You know, it hasn't been always. Um, in the draft, you know, two of the nights I work till two thirty in the morning, and I'm too old for that shit. That's for sure. But um, I have made sure that I'm getting up not super early, but early. You know, that I'm having the day for when I do have to do stuff. Um, I'm right. sneaking in probably one nap a week, sometimes two. You know, certainly not every day, but right. most nights, Drake, like ten o'clock, I'm I'm just ready to go to bed. And like I I I missed the second last dance last Sunday because I laid down to watch the first. And by the tech, time the second started, I said, I'm not fighting this anymore. And so it's just, right. you know, listen, as a sports writer, sometimes you work late. And as a right. drunk sports watcher, which I am, sometimes you stay up late. But, like, there's yeah. no live sports to cover. And there's no live sports to watch on the nights I'm not working. So, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock is just not for me for anything other than maybe some bad TV. But usually... I'm totally lights out and ready to ready just to go. Yeah, out. you are. You've always been that way, though. If there ain't shit going on, you've always been. <laughs> yeah, that's when I sleep. That turns now. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, and good and God bless you for it. I'm the opposite. I can't sleep. Like I just I, I can't. I find myself up till two thirty every night just because I'm probably because most of the day I try to stay off my phone. I try to, and that doesn't mean I do. I try to stay off of the bullshit social media stuff, and I try to do shit with my kids or pay attention to at least what they're doing for the, you know, and there's some days where I'm not good at it for the most part. Um, and what happens is like, as soon as my kids finally go to sleep, like I gorge on all the bullshit I missed all day, or I'll find, so you know how I am. I find stories in the middle of the day that I know I want to read, but I know I won't be able to truly appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And I email them to myself or I like, so then I just have a, so way I'm like, so I end up, I find my, I found myself the other night, like, was tired. Told myself, like, at 11.30, I was done. And I watched, like, Van Pelt before I noticed it was 2.45. And I can't even tell you what the fuck I was doing. And I was just in, like, I... And then I drugged through the whole next day because I stayed up until almost 3 o'clock. Yeah. Doing nothing. See, it's funny I, you say that because with few exceptions, 
I have not watched ESPN at all. Like, the classic games, they kind of make me sad. I'm occasionally intrigued, and I'll flip through. But with the exception of The Last Dance, like, I just don't. If if it's not there, it's not new, it's not for me. And The Last Dance has been good. You know, we can nitpick it and whatever. And and I want to wait till it's over and go more in depth, especially because I I didn't get to You don't want to go episode for episode? No, not right now. Not today. (laughs) Okay. Well... The only reason I agree with the only reason I don't is I think there's going to be a lot that's missed out and a lot forgotten when we finally do it. But that's fine, and we got a lot more podcasts to do, it and our minds may change. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'll tell you what, what. One thing it's done is it has made me go back and at least start to catch up on some other thirty for thirties. I mean, it's such a, such a well done series, yeah. and obviously not all yeah. of them have the to ten parts or the resources that were involved in this right. one, which includes one of the greatest who ever lived sitting there with a half drank bottle of scotch talking through it. Right, answering all the questions, but I mean that's TV for me. So I, I, I am watching some brainless cop shows. Um, we're watching Shit's Creek on Netflix, which is pretty funny, and you know keeps keeps me interested. Uh, watch the Tiger Show. Gosh, I mean, five weeks <laughs> ago it feels like five years ago, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, like but for the most this. part, I, I've just I've kind of stayed ahead. away. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just you know. No, it's, I just go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, I just I, – I have stayed away from ESPN because without my live sports – and it's honestly been the same for sports radio and podcasts. Like, I'm just now getting to the last round of the draft podcast of the people that I really like and respect because with with right. nothing live and nothing new, like, it's there for me. So I can go back. Whenever you want. Right, right. whenever I want. Um, I've been – the ESPN thing for me is Van Pelt. I'm a big Van Pelt fan. Um I'm just a fan. I love what he does. I love his interviews. He's kept it. He's got, you know, it, it, it's worked for me. It's the one norm because it's hard to get out of some of the norms of your life. Right. That's been one that's mine. Otherwise I don't watching the old games comes and goes. Um, we're doing a 22 game win streak right now on SDO, which has actually been kind of fun for me to watch. Um, just because and not for me to watch for me personally, but I always say this when you're in the midst of covering stuff, you're in the midst of covering stuff and you're just mm-hmm. doing your job. Um, it's fun to kind of go back and see how you did things or see how you would like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever go back and read articles for three years ago, but for me, I go back and I'll watch a report and be like, God, I wish I was to this. I wish I did it this way. And I don't have as much emotion attached to it. If I try to watch it hours after I did it. Right. Um, so I, I've done a little of that, but I can't watch a whole game through. Something came into my mind though, as we were talking about the thirties and the Jordan one and the guy that was doing the interview I can't think of his name right now. He was just like, dude, I wish I could remember so much. I was freaking the fuck out the first time I sat down for four hours to interview Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> if you could sit, you know, like, and I like, I was like, I was so cool with his honesty about it. Cause I was like, fuck yeah. But let me ask you this. And it just came to my mind. And we want to do the 30 for 30. We've, we've never made a secret of that. Even if we just made cheesy ones about people from Northeast Ohio, when we ran them just on sports time, Ohio, we think they could be fun. And they'd be interesting. But if I said you got one person, one former athlete, whatever else, that you got to do a, a, a four-hour documentary on and you got to sit with them for 20 hours to interview them, is there anybody that jumps out to you that you would, that you would want to do? You mean besides Uncle Burn? <laughs> besides Uncle Burn, yeah. Uh, you kind of caught me out of nowhere with this one. Um... I will, okay, I mean, for me too. And I'm going through my mind who I'd want to do as well. 
because you got to have somebody with some depth and has a lot going to them to sit with them and do something like that. You can't just do, you know. Right. Um, well, see, and, and that's the dinner. rub with this thing. Like, Michael's what? In his mid to low 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of the wheelhouse because you you obviously you need the story to be over, right? And you need the story to right, be lengthy. Right. But you don't want it to be too far gone. You know, the person, right. the story, the participants, all of that, right? I mean, let's just be honest. The early 1990s were a long time ago. <laughs> so, you know, this Seriously. is... Yeah, so this is really good. Like, it's there, and it's a different world. Um, the uniforms were different. The arenas were different. Watching the palace the other night. Like, the palace was the last of that generation of yeah. places like the Coliseum. The palace was the upgraded Coliseum, yes. and that was the last one, at least that I know of, that was made like that, right? And it got blown to smithereens yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, it was one of those last ones, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, well, that's the thing. Well, they were at the Silverdome like, before that for a while. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I've said, you know, what makes this so good is this was our wheelhouse. This was our middle school years, our high school years, when we, oh, when these athletes yeah. were 10 foot tall and bulletproof, and this was our lives. Waking up and watching Sports Center, yeah. reading the Beacon Journal, doing that stuff. So, yeah, yeah well, I mean, I, you know, I, I would probably – I want to dive into to that era of calves frankly um i was not a huge baseball fan i was a baseball fan not a huge one you know it honestly for me it might be ricky williams because i was i was still a fan then uh i was a huge wow. texas fan and a huge ricky wow. williams fan we know there's many layers to him i don't know if he remembers what he did right. yesterday <laughs> right but no he, but he's intelligent he's crazy <laughs> shit, but he's intelligent yeah. it could be good that yeah, but good. and when you think about you know his record-setting college career, followed by a relatively quick flame. I mean, he he had some good years in the NFL. Um, the expectations set upon him NFL by player. that trade he wasn't a, he wasn't a superstar. He wasn't a superstar we thought he was going to be. Yeah, but he was a solid dude that played running back for a long time. Yeah, and even in his last couple of years, he still was above average running back. Yeah, Never a complete star. And Miami tried to run him up through under the ground in the beginning. Um, but he was a solid pro, to say the least. I, one game, and I think it was 2001, is when the Rams were still loaded. Um, I was in St. Louis on our bye week, actually. And the Saints went in there and beat them. And it's because they played keep away the whole day, and Ricky ran for like 150. Uh, but yeah. he, I don't think he was a premier back for much longer than that. I could be wrong. I could could wow. be wrong, but I don't think I am. But Ricky yeah, I'm going to choose him no, for that. It's a good, that's a good answer for you not knowing this was coming. Because um, my mind has wandered all over. Because the thing, and, the, and the, the key to this is that Jordan is actually speaking and not, he's like, you can ask anything and you're getting real answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that changes the game. Like, that changes it from, hey, this is Zach Jackson and Andre Knott, we're calling from Northeast Ohio, big fans of everything you did in your career, you might just give it, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes of your time and answer. And they just kind of go, yeah, that was a fun game. Or, yeah, that, like when he remembers shit and tells you like things that dr- – like I, like I remember – here, let me say this and we can go into something else. The scene that blew me away so far, and there's been a bunch, but the one that will stick with me probably the rest of the way, and it's not even that big of a deal, was the beginning of the, the first one this past week, the fifth one. And it's Michael, Magic, and Bird all in a locker room together. And like not talking – like they do with cameras on usually saying, fuck you messing around. Mm -hmm. And like, and you just hit on, 
it's so big for you and people in our age group from our age group because those were our icons growing up. Those were the guys you went outside and tried to shoot baskets like. And to see those three at that time and day, Bird's the coach of the East. You know, Magic is doing whatever. Magic is like working for NBC right after he just found out he had AIDS. And Michael was truly taking over basketball. Right. He got this 19-year-old kid, Kobe. That means, you know, so like that scene was unbelievable to me. Unbelievable to me. Like to me, because that was, that was everything. That was just a really cool scene. It was. Um, I want to give a shout out to our friends who are doing radio and doing this for hours every day. I mean, it's tough. It's it's got to be tough, and I and I don't listen often because I j- I know that it's not good for the most part, right. right? I know that there's like there's nothing going on. So, um, yeah. But shout out to you guys for keep fighting the fight, and you know I I've tried to honestly go on every time I'm asked as a guest because I know they need people to fill the time and keep the conversation going in the NFL as it usually does, has been the conversation piece. You know, the draft was only two weeks ago. Again, it feels like 10, right? Um, right the schedule is right. going to come out tomorrow, and that, of course, has led to the typical, um, you know, ridiculous banter and fake accounts where people take yeah. hours of their lives to do fake schedules looking for clicks and right. Oh. retweets, right? I'm waking up at, I'm waking up at 645 to hear Carmen, Carmen and Lima. Break down the schedules. Break down the record of the Browns in 2020. Playing the schedule. I can't game. wait for that. Um, you know, let's be honest. Like, like so many other things that the NFL does, it's a big deal. It's not three hours of TV Thursday night big, right? Right. But it's a big deal. Right. Um, you yeah. know, we talked about this when when I came on the radio with you. Like national games to the players are a status thing. Sunday night football, Monday night football. They know that their peers are watching. Right. They know that the extra Absolutely. TV cameras are there, that the extra TV coverage is there, um, that their peers are watching and now tweeting about it. That's what's changed over the last 10 years. Right. And it's a big deal for the fans, too, because, you know, that's that's what you have. You you over project, you get excited, you get in silly arguments, you start thinking. And, um, you know, it has been a positive off season for the Browns. Now, we have to keep in mind both in debating the schedule and in the reality that the Browns were last seen getting blown out by the Bengals, right? But yeah, uh, yes. there have been positive moves since then. Uh, that this this team should be more full of grown-ups from top to bottom, and you know, like hopefully there's regular football, and because there's you know you're not first of all you're not playing the Rams and the Niners right off the bat again like you were last year, right? But you know, you got two games in New York. One of those is going to be on national TV. Um, you know, no one of the teams that's going to be the max teams is the Ravens. You play them twice. You got to think that's going to be a national TV game. You yeah. might play Joe Burrow for the first time on a Thursday night on national TV. I was going to say, you might get Thursday night for out Cincinnati. So, you might get that. Right. And, and again, in, and just like I was talking with my bosses and some of my peers about how we write this, like it's, it's kind of the same thing and it's writing about nothing. But there is one thing that we can talk about right here as we record this exactly 23 hours before the schedule comes out. Do you think the NFL will shy away from or trump up Miles Garrett versus the Steelers given not only the incident but the accusations that, uh, that were made in there? Um, old NFL that we grew up on absolutely would. New NFL will do it, but do it gradually. Um, there has been a difference in, I've noticed a difference in how, like when we were growing up, like, and I hate that we keep saying that we're not that old, but we're getting there. 
when we were growing up, though, they sold videos of quarterbacks getting their necks broke and, you know, receivers going across the middle and, and Stingley breaking his neck. Right. And that wasn't a big deal. And before Monday Night Football, you got to watch, you just got jacked up. And, like, that wasn't a big deal. Like, that was awesome. We don't sell the game as much as we used to. But when you see Steelers and the Cleveland Browns play on block, block, block date 2020, how can you not mention it and bring it up? Yeah, it's a story. It's, it's a real well, story. Sure. So that's what I'm it's asking. Is it, is it Sunday yeah. at 1 or is it Monday night? No. no. It's. It's 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 at least a four fifteen four forty game on Sunday. Okay, it's got to be a Monday night or Thursday night. This is a key NBA matchup or NBA NFL matchup. It's just like we were talking about the AFC uh, uh, West last. I don't know if it was last podcast podcast before, but I said I liked what the uh, what Denver did the draft where they just went and got athletes and said fuck it. Um, I kind of like it, like you, you sell what you have. And you that's a sell, man. Like, that is a part of what happened in the 2019 season. Miles Garrett lost his damn mind. And it was against – it was, if it was against, like, Arizona, nobody cares, right? Mm-hmm. But it was against a team you play twice a year. And it's a team that – there's history of it. We, and, we, and then there's going to be some guy in the back room that's like, hey, we got video of Terry Bradshaw getting his neck broke by Turkey. Like, you know, like, it's, it's a progressive – it's a thing that they may not go into the room hyping up, but as soon as you see it, there's too much too it's too much substance not to put it out there. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna pick it for Sunday at one o'clock. I just think Miles' accusations about what Mason yeah. Rudolph said that went to the point where that Mike Tomlin never speaks. Though, What's that? The, 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 the duck is is the quarterback even he is their backup, huh? They still are sticking with him. That's yeah, amazing. Mason Rudolph is is their number two quarterback right now. Yes. Um Wow. He sucked. He does. He's awful. He has no business on an NFL yeah. field. And that's why the Browns beat them the way that they did last last year in the first game. The Browns lost to the Duck. They beat Mason Rudolph. Um, um, yeah, but anyway, uh, I just think given that Tomlin had to address it and given that part of it, I think there will be a move to, di- to distract from it. And it'll be like on a random October Sunday at 1 o'clock. First game. Uh in Harry, you say what you just said. I can see that, but the problem is, I can see it if they only had to play once, they play twice. So one sure. of them might be. We'll see. I mean, I, you, everything you said has legitimate. It does. It comes across legitimate to me. I just think there's too much to it, and I think there's too much to Baker Mayfield is still a sale. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of, are one of the most watched, most followed teams in the NFL. There's just like, what do, what do you always tell us? what the games are about when we're normal time TV. It's all about that TV money. Yep. It ain't about what it ain't about morals. It ain't about what morally it start, sounds right. It's Hey, what is going to, what's going to make our Thursday night pop this Thursday in October? No. So you're right, but I'm just, I, and people right now are hungry for money, by the way. And, and <laughs> right. And one more thought, another thing I'd love to be wrong on. I would love to say that I covered a, thir- a Thanksgiving game in Dallas. And I know you went to one the first year the stadium was yeah. open and that was great. But a year ago, awesome. Baker Mayfield was so hot that the Browns would have been in that slot. This year, I just don't see. I just don't see it happening. You know, right? I just, but you know, him going home too—that would have been huge. That right. would have been huge, huge. So here, here's my lingering thing, and again, we'll talk about this later because uh, a lot of people won't even listen to this until until it's come out. But 
you know, the Patriots are not going to be six primetime games anymore, right? The right. Chiefs are, the Ravens are, the Niners are going to be close. They're still not all that sexy, although they represent a huge TV market. You know, the New York teams still stink, right? The L.A. Yep. teams yep. are just blah. Um, yep. You know, the Raiders think, are going to try to sell. Not, well, the Raiders are going to host, you know, the Raiders play Tom Brady. The Raiders play Drew Brees at home. Like, th- those are games that the NFL is right. going to show off that new stadium. Right. But I, I think got when Tom Brady. I, I guess How what I'm saying is these games, ahead, well, these games that the Patriots relinquish, right? Obviously, Brady gets some of them on his own. But from the AFC side, you know, like the teams that are in the AFC South, they're all still snooze fests, right? The Titans yep. are under the radar no longer because they made the AFC Championship game, but they're still the Titans. Right. They still have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. They're not exciting to watch. Yeah, I, so That's from that regard, I'm not going to be surprised if the Browns get four games. I just want everybody to, to realize that they got the big boost last year and they flopped, and historically, like, that doesn't play well the next time around. Right, right, and it shouldn't. Um, I've, I've told you the AFC West is the one I think that's going to get sold because they're selling offense and they got – they got the, you know, they got the quarterback of quarterbacks who's won a Super Bowl, so he'll take the Brady mantle in the AFC um, with the Chiefs. And, and I think Denver. We talked about the Raiders. I just think that division. You look at what every team did in that division; they all went offense. Like the Raiders went and got receivers. Yes. Um, so that's going to be the easy sell. That'll be the easy sell. I, I, I am curious about now that we've talked about it. It's not a big subject that I really care that much about. Um, I do think it'll be interesting how they try to make this schedule and how they try to make it appealing um and who they see as the i mean this is the changing of the guard peyton manning's no longer here like you said you no longer have tom brady um playing for you know playing in new england this is the change of the guard you try to start saying all right who's the face uh is baker mayfield worthy who's worthy in the nfc you know like what 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 are the dallas cowboys and i i'm in the midst of something and i'm gonna ask you a question and i'm curious to your answer since we're talking football, and before you try to scare me away with your uh, the baseball cards, because I know I won't do as well as I did last week, but I got to ask you this, and and I'm asking it in, in, in seriousness. I got my own thoughts. In your mind, why does Cam Newton not have a job right now in the NFL, but guys like uh, my man that threw all the interceptions in Tampa does, Jameis, Teddy Bridgewater does. Uh, the guy you just said is backing up in in Pittsburgh has a job, but Cam doesn't. Why in your mind is that happening? Well, I honestly think that it's mostly timing and circumstance. Um, it was two seasons ago, remember, that Cam was playing the game in Brown Stadium and didn't have a shoulder. It was hanging off of his body, right? He was still trying to throw. And he followed that up with, a ver- with another very non-Cam year. Um, and historically... Guys like him that have that extra gear athletically or their game is predicated on something other than straight drop back throwing, when it starts to fall, it falls quickly, right? And so you add that to him being released at a time when it's not easy to get physicals and all of that, and I get it. However, I do think, you know, Cam's never been in trouble, right? I mean, not since his freshman year at Florida, right? But I... (laughs) Put it this way, Tyrod Taylor is not a starting quarterback in the NFL, and people here in Cleveland know that as well as anyone. 
So I, the Chargers went and got Justin Herbert. That's fine. Maybe that was going to be the spot before they drafted Justin Herbert. Or maybe they were just always drafting Justin Herbert. Belichick is his own man, and he might still go get Cam. But Jared Sidham ain't better than nobody, let alone Cam Newton. No, no, right? no. And I know that they're in the spot where even though a lot of guys have left, they don't, they're not in good cap shape and whatever. And maybe all these arrogant decisions they've made over the years will finally catch up with them. But on talent and on thinking that your team is going to get in the playoffs and do something this year, um, I don't have an answer why Cam Newton doesn't have a starting job right now. And like I said, I the answer would start with, that it was not one year, it was two years of the injuries. And maybe nobody just wants yeah. to take that risk. Right? But it is it's a hell of a question and it's a question worth asking, that's for sure. Yeah. And and like I and I don't I'm glad you answered I, I'm glad we're doing it the way we're doing it. Because you gave a solid all around answer. And in this day and age, it's like Rather than just going through the facts of what a guy's career is and what, what the late league really is like, we usually go to, well, he sucks, or he did this, or he ain't the same player anymore. You hit a lot of the, lot of the things on the head. It's, different. it's a different year. People can't look at him with their own eyes. They can't put their own doctors on him. He's a different type of quarterback as well. And, you know, when healthy, I think he's a top – Six top seven quarterback in the NFL. He had, when, did, when was the last time he was healthy? Is what a Correct. lot of people would throw back. To Three me. years, and that's a great question. Yeah, and is his style of yeah, and is his style of play played into him being banged up? Yes. Um, but I still sit here a little bit like I did with Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago and say, how much did Carolina help him with the players they put around him? How much did they let the system grow? Um, and like, and, and I get their ownership changed. The coach changed, and when all that changes, there's only about four or five Teflon guys that get to stay for 16, 17 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even though Phillip Rivers stayed that long in San Diego without ever winning a big game, that's not normal. It should be, but it's not. Right. I just – and, like, and I don't want to get in a race with it. All I'll say is this. Well, I already kind of said it. Cam Newton, when healthy, is, the, is a top five, top seven quarterback in this league still in 2020. When is he going? Is he healthy? I don't know. Will he ever be what he was? I don't know. But I do know that when he strapped it up and put his big boy pants on, there weren't many that that could play like he could play, and there still are. No. And how you know? And and does he have the mindset, the right mindset, to be a backup? Probably not. Um, and and look, some like you like, and this is weird to say, but I feel like. Cam deserves to me. Cam deserves to have a job in the NFL, but I will. I will admit, and this is the world that we're in. And whether it's a black or white thing, whatever else you take it for what it is, Cam just isn't everybody's cup of tea. Correct. Right. Correct. Whether he's a bad, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's his own guy. I think he's got a, a, some me in him. A lot of guys have some me in him, and it's different when you got some me in me and you're a receiver or you're a DB, or you're an outside linebacker. When you're the face, I mean, think about it. I'll never forget, before he got drafted, the number one overall pick, the Carolina Carolina Panthers owner, who's no longer there because everybody found out he was a vile <laughs> human being. <laughs> the nicest word I'll use. Um, 
he basically said to Cam, as a black man, you, I can't draft you. You can't have, and you can't start getting tattoos and earrings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't make you the, I can't make you the face yeah. of our organization if that's what you're going to look like. Right. Like he said that to him. Um. I mean, could you imagine saying that to Johnny Manziel or saying that? To <laughs> Somebody should have said that to Johnny Manziel. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> But that's what but that's what that vile human being said to Cam. I get that Cam isn't everybody's cup of tea, but if it's about playing football, he should have a job. Yeah, no, um, yeah, you're right. Two two things to counter. One, you know, when your persona, especially at that position, Dre, like the Browns were only they were obviously remaking their quarterback room this year, but they weren't going for a guy that could actually threaten Baker, right? Right. That's that's just right. business. So right. when you start to have a and persona and that history, I mean, Cam's never been a backup. He's been a backup once in his life to Tebow his freshman year, and then he didn't even Tebow. last a year. Right. Right. And then, and then his dad got a paycheck and they rolled. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So like there is that hesitation. Uh, and the flip side too is, you know, eventually there will be some movement and someone will either lose a quarterback or will need a quarterback and he will be there. And by then he will have had, you know, frankly, if someone wanted him right now, he would have taken a physical too. We both know the truth about that, right? Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. So sometimes when you're him, you have to wait, and it works out. And sometimes because your team doesn't want to disrupt whatever, and we know the NFL is the king of this, of going conservative or not wanting to rock the boat for whatever reason in certain spots, you know, that line between what makes sense and, and what you're scared of, um, he might yeah. he might have to wait, you know. And like I said, the one thing we also have to take into account: maybe he hasn't taken a physical because his people don't want him to. True, true. I mean, these, these are maybes. No doubt. I mean, this is a guy yeah. that's taken a lot right. of hits, and he is a big. Ter- well, I'll just tell you guys this: when you see Cam Newton, like when you're around these guys, oh. my because I've been around the NFL for 20 years now, my version of big is forever skewed. Right, if we're talking about a guy right. we just passed at the golf course is big, a high school football player is big, a guy that just you know drove an ice cream truck down the street is big. My version is skewed. When you yeah. see Cam Newton, you say, "Holy shit, that guy's big." He's bigger than most of the defensive ends in the league. Cam yeah. Newton is as big as Miles Garrett. Yes, easily. Yes, and is athletic. <laughs> yes, and so like. Honestly, those guys don't last. They just they just don't. And I've always enjoyed, you know, watching Cam and he was a special player and he he was never um, you know, what people wanted him to be in terms of that argument, but he he got it done and they got to the Super Bowl and he's he's had a great career. Now, he's too young to be totally written off. However, there is a chance that a guy that big just might not ever have that other gear again. We don't know. We shall see. We don't know. I mean, he's got to mature as a quarterback, and he's got to become a better pocket quarterback. I can say all those things. But the one thing that's got him, that got him where he got and then got him where he's at is he's so damn big, and that arm is so damn big. Yeah. Like, he, he probably – you know, like – and he was an MVP. The one record, the one number that I always remember about him when people say that he can't throw, his rookie year after he didn't have to throw at all at Auburn, rookie year he threw for more passing yards than Peyton Manning did in his rookie year. This is before the NFL became what the NFL is. The kid is uber talented. And maybe you're right. He never has become exactly what everybody thought he could. But he won an MVP. He took his team to the Super Bowl. And he carried that Carolina franchise 
as a number one overall pick. We all know how that goes. And I'm not here. I'm not. Hey, it may be the best thing for him to sit and wait. And maybe, you know, not like he's got plenty of time. He's young enough. Get his body together. He's got plenty of time to figure it out. But I also say this. I love what Jameis Winston did. I love the because his, his immaturity has been his biggest issue his whole life. Right. I feel like he's finally just made a decision of, I know I can play, but I need to fucking learn how to play the right way. Right. Because if he does, if, if, if he can learn from the, the two people that he's going to be around, shit, he may be your starting quarterback. I, I, I exactly. Say, I mean, people lose their mind. That is a great, but that's a great business move by, by Jameis and the Saints, right? It might not work. Yes. But Drew is 40 years old and has a TV contract. And already has enough money, right? And he and Peyton have been great together. They together are the reasons that they've both achieved what they've achieved individually, right? And Drew is known as the guy that 9 o'clock on Friday night has to go back to the facility because he's worried about something. And Jameis needs to do that. (laughs) Here's the only problem. James should be in New Orleans. James needs to be in Mobile and take a helicopter to New Orleans every day. <laughs> he needs a cot in the facility, right? Right, every day. And he went and got LASIK eye surgery. Like he's he's Butch Davis used to be big like on I... that. Butch Davis used he, he Butch Davis used to say, "Well, I mean, you know, two of our receivers, we just we asked them to have the surgery. I mean, they they just couldn't see." Well, they didn't exactly make the Pro Bowl the next year, but Butch, thanks for the thought. <laughs> <laughs> they just couldn't see. But how does Jameis get that far along in life as a, you know, as a base? Well, never mind. Well, you, you know, you know that answer. Do you remember Jameis's first college game on Labor Day night on Monday night against Pitt? Absolutely. I mean, me I and you were playing defensive about. back for Pitt, right? But right, do you right. remember that ball coming out of his hand? I mean, oh, Jameis. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Jameis was allowed to be such an idiot for so long because that arm yep. was so golden, <laughs> right? Wow. We said that about two guys right now. We're talking <laughs> about look at how arm talent has gotten Cam and Jameis everything they wanted, top picks and drafts, but they still at this point haven't conquered it because they've relied on just that big-ass arm. Yeah. I mean, 30 interceptions is 30. No, no, put it this way. So here's why – Here's why either Cam's people don't want him to get a physical or some team. Because, you know, the Panthers changed owners, all of this. He's been hurt for two years. Like, no GM was going to risk it on Cam right now. Or we would have known months ago that it was headed that direction. Right? Right, right. Just like after 30 interceptions, no GM was going to risk it on Jameis. So this is a good move. And hopefully, you know, hopefully this year, whether it ends up with the Saints or someone else, would be good. I mean, he's still so stinking young. He was a number one pick right. in 14. He was 21 then, right? Right, so, right. He could play 15 more years. Yeah, right. I mean, and for kids that don't – hey, kids that don't realize this, and I think we get caught up in this bubble all the time. We all do because we're in the fishbowl. Look at a guy like Steve Young. Like, there's plenty of guys. War Moon played. Like, if you take a quarterback, if you figure it out, you're usually better in your third. Like, we're making a big deal about Brady, and Brady is extraordinary. But there's – most great quarterbacks play forever if they know how to take care of their bodies and once they learn the game. But I think of Steve Young running around, getting the shit beat out of him, playing in Tampa and playing for the LA Express. And by the time you got to the 49ers, you didn't even, if you weren't old enough, you forgot that his first like eight years of his career. Right. Like, and you were like, wow, this dude is like, like he was a completely different quarterback. He stopped running around and just like threw, and he took over for Joe Montana. And suddenly we go, Oh, he's better than Joe Montana. 
Right. I'm, you know, I guess I'm just giving that that side note of we those because the guys draft the first round because we know everything about them and we judge them and say they're done. There have been many a quarterback that after failing, quote unquote, have bounced back, and before you know it, they're 34, 35, playing in the biggest game of the year. No, you're right. Uh, that's the one position where age matters, but it it your window is much longer, right? It's right. It, and especially today's game. I mean, you know, where you just you you have to do it in the off season and for multiple off seasons and during the season on your day off for hours and hours and get to a point where you're ready to do it. You know, it's it's why I'm not ready to write off Baker, right? I don't no, know that. Oh, no, no doubt. Don't don't know that he's going to do it. He's going to have to do it better than last year, but he's only been twice through this, right? Yeah. Um, and Zach, look, look how they set him up. I mean, I'll give the you go for my man Phil Savage. You can't get much better cockpit than no. what they're giving Baker to go with. Yeah. Man, <laughs> no, I mean, it, yes. <laughs> We are going Coming to be talking on a weekly basis about Baker Mayfield. And Baker yeah. Mayfield's list yeah, of excuses, yeah. if he plays poorly, is going to be short. Right? Right. And right. I don't think that he has near the God-given talent of some of the names we've talked about here. But he has proven accurate. He has proven that he wants to be the doubted guy and the bad guy rather than the loved guy and the favorite guy. Right? Right. So we'll see. I mean, his whole listen, his whole shtick is cute when it's going well, and nothing was cute last year. I mean, he was last no. again. I just said the la- the Browns were last seen getting blown out by the Bengals, and Baker was trying to fake chest up a beer vendor in the tunnel after the game. Right? Oh yeah. So Don't like, we got some growing up to do, but like that cockpit, they've done a good job. And, you know, they really have. Odell since last October has been saying 2020 is his year. He's the only person on the fucking planet that 2020 is his year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, that's what you're talking about, motherfucker? <laughs> He's the only person on the planet that 2020 is here, and Rashad Higgins and his agent are the only people on the planet that think he had other options. But we'll see. Right. Because... Right. <laughs> All right, on that note, take me to the card. I, 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 I won't get myself in trouble. All right, so if you're new here and if you're still listening for some reason. Um, <laughs> so we, we play uh, Glory Days here. It's sponsored by American Fireworks, our friends at AmericanFireworks.com, who we mentioned uh, early in the show. They are still open all the time, and they will get you taken care of. Tell them A to Z sent you. Uh, they would love to hear that. But for our Glory Days segment in the last one, I went to my parents' house. And I dug out a box of cards, and I put them in three piles. And as I picked them up, we read them, and Dre was like this incredible encyclopedia of remembering what year, what number of jersey, what the guy's big name was. And it just so happened one of them was Terry Francona. That wasn't intentional, whether you believe that or not, but it was Neil Anderson. There was a Sarunas Marshallonis rookie card. So, again, I have some piles here. I'm going to reach for one in a minute. Um you know, there might be some random hockey card or something else, but That's what fine. I grabbed I out of this box. I played Blade yeah, it was like this NBA stadium series basketball. It was uh, maybe tops football from like the late 80s, early 90s. And the baseball cards were kind of a mismatch, I think, more from the mid to late 80s than the 90s. But we'll see. So here, let me grab this pile and let's read some of these. All right, here we go. Dre, the first one, football tops card. 
1988, a quarterback from the Dallas Cowboys named Steve Pelour. Number four, Steve Pelour. He's wearing 16 in in this. Yeah, uh, he was. It looks like last, he played in two again. years. Say the last name again. Pelour. P e l l u e r. Steve oh, Pelour. Yeah, he was the backup behind Danny White and all those guys. Yeah. Um, drafted in 1984 in the fifth round. Uh, looks like threw for 27, 27, and 86, and 31, 39, and 17 touchdowns in 88. So that's when the Cowboys were mud, but he was playing. Yeah. Yeah, they were real bad. That was the, in between the Danny White. Um, and Troy. Oh, yeah, was the, yeah. The, yeah to, to Troy, yes. Is that the year I they know, drafted Troy? Troy? 88, 87 or 88 would have been when they drafted Troy, right? Right, yeah. right. So that was the end of uh, – that was the end of a reign, to say the least. That was a bad time for the Cowboys. All right, here's a good one. Uh, top Stadium Club NBA card from 1993 from the Orlando Magic, Dennis Scott. Oh, my favorite. Went to Georgia Tech, known for the long ball. Y'all see him on NBA TV now. But at Georgia Tech, he formed one of the baddest Mamma Jamma teams. I love that Georgia Tech team. They had John Sally, I believe, on that team as well. I uh, had one of the white boys and the brothers that could play. Uh, that one of them played at Akron U football, I think, as well. That was one of my favorite teams. And they had a great point guard. It was Kenny Anderson. I Kenny think, Anderson, uh, yeah. Dennis oh, yeah, Scott he and Dennis Scott would have been yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Dennis Scott was like Shaq's boy when they got to Orlando because he was the dude that could shoot threes. His body, though, failed him. He got chubby. He looked like he went to Swinson. He looked like he went to Swinson <laughs> and Popeyes a lot. But I love D3. D3 is a favorite, and I love watching him on TV as well. You know, I get – when they were players, when I think, uh, you know, I've seen Dennis on TV now, and I do remember the Georgia Tech thing. I get he and Nick Anderson confused as players. Oh, Nick no. Anderson was a beast in Illinois, right? Yes, but they were they were NBA and teammates for a while, or am I making that up? No, they were in Orlando together. Yeah, in that's Orlando. what I thought. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nick Anderson was the two guard who missed like five free throws in a big playoff game with yes. playoffs on the line. Yes. Was a really good player, athletic, played defense, needed him to shoot better threes. Penny getting hurt screwed up the whole East. And maybe Michael doesn't have all the success he has if Penny stays healthy and that Orlando team was right when he came back. Hey, every team in the history of anything has had a little luck on their side, that's for sure. Um, no doubt. Another no NBA doubt. card. Unfortunately, he's sitting down for this picture. His name is Mark Eaton. Mark Eaton, seven foot four, Utah Jazz. <laughs> Biggest man ever. And this this card has him at 7'3", but yes uh, – Number 53 with the big-ass beard and the big elbows, right? He fit Utah. He looked exactly what – when I think of Utah growing up, that's what I thought <laughs> of Utah. With big white mountain man, Marky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back to the they're NFL. Like, um, they're like Minnesota. They only got like two black people. One of them is uh, the mailman. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and they're feuding with each other. <laughs> Um, okay, back to the NFL. Pro set, 1990. Carl Banks. Really? What, Carl Banks? Yeah, Giants Carl Banks? Giants Carl, Carl Banks. Banks. Yep, Giants Carl Banks. Oh, Giants Carl Banks, one of the baddest man pajamas in the, in the, in the world. Uh, they had one of the greatest linebacking cores. Everybody talks about Lawrence Taylor. Uh, but they had Pepper Johnson. But Carl was solid as could be. Solid, solid man today. Was a big part of some of the best defenses we've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, he was the guy Bill Parcells would tell you he could trust. LT was a guy that they just hoped showed up at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Yep. Carl, solid as could be. 
Did he go to school in the ACC, or am I thinking thinking wrong? Where did yeah, he go? Yeah, he, he played I'm at kidding. Michigan State. He's from Flint, Michigan. That's right. Okay, okay, makes yeah. sense. And Carl is now fifty-eight years old, so we're really fucking old too. I just want yeah. to throw that in. No there. shit. Uh, on the on <laughs> this card, the action shot, he is taking the ball from Kurt Warner, not the quarterback, the Seahawks running back. The Seahawks running back. Wow, <laughs> that was one of my favorite teams. That Seattle team, man, Kurt Warner. Um, they had the receiver, Steve Largent, with the little mask. Dave Craig was the quarterback. Uh, they had a guy, and their safety was from Akron. I uh, was a big hitter. Gosh, his name is escaped to me. I'll think of it. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. So um, this next one, I'm sure you're going to get. We're back to NBA GM session card, 1994. Forward, Tyrone Hill. Tyrone Hill, one of the ugliest motherfuckers <laughs> that ever put on an NBA uniform. Went to Xavier. Uh, he was a, he looked like a skeleton, but, man, that dude could rebound. He would put you on your ass. He was old-school NBA. Um, I loved him, uh, and I still stand by. He is one of the ugliest dudes ever put a uniform on. <laughs> uh, score is the brand. NFL. Looks like 1990. John Offerdahl. John Offerdahl for the Miami Dolphins? Yep. Yeah, linebacker, fifty four, I think, had a had a neck break. Fifty six, yeah, fifty six. Yeah, had one of the worst defenses of all time, and Dan Marino was slanging it back then. <laughs> all true. That's all true. That's all true. <laughs> they had the one dude that I love, Jim Jensen, that like played both ways. It was like their third down. He like wore like eleven. He was like the, their third quarterback. It would be the he was like the third down running back too. I love that team. Yeah, um, the neck roll. Zach Thomas wore it late, a little bit later. Um, and, right. You know, uh, but yeah, offered all uh, fifty six. Let me let me look again. Where where did he go to school? Western Michigan. Wow. Really, Western Michigan. A number fifty two wow. overall in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, four. That guy was around. number fifty two. Yeah. Really, I didn't realize he was that good. But I yeah. Um, I got a baseball card here. Fleer nineteen ninety. Mike Witt. Mike Witt. Pitcher? Mike yeah, Witt? pitcher. Yeah. Texas Rangers? Long time. Oh, or Angels, and, Angels in this. Um, it's like oh, he broke okay. in in 1981. So, yeah, he was around forever. Yeah. Yeah, there's not so many baseball cards. And, um, there's a guy named John Moses, baseball in this pile. Same, same company, same year. You remember him? Because I don't. I remember Lloyd. John, was he black dude played second base? No, John Moses, um, white guy, outfielder for the Twins. Uh, looked like the Mariners. Bounced, you know, a few years with the Mariners, bounced in and out of the majors. And then a couple, one year he hit 316 with the Twins. So Really? Yeah. That's you got me on that one. I was yeah, we don't know, that. John. Uh, and then we'll close on this <laughs> one. Um, NBA Jam Session 1994, Horace Grant. Oh, Horace, yeah. we still old Horace Grant's kids have already like graduated from Notre Dame and in the league. Yeah, he his... had a twin brother named Harvey Grant that played for the Bullets. Right, right. Um, and then he took the money to go to Orlando and he, he left the the Bulls. And Michael Jordan threw him completely under the bus last week. Yes, he did. saying he told all the stories uh, in the book that Sam Smith wrote, The Jordan Rules. When I've read somewhere, the true conspiracy is they blame it on the coach Johnny Bach. But really, it was Phil Jackson that gave Sam Smith everything we've been told. Yeah, so I remember that book for several reasons. Um, See, I was, and I've said this before, like, I was not a Bulls fan. I liked the Cavs, and I liked Magic Johnson. Like, I was the biggest Magic Johnson fan. 
And when I was a kid, you know, like in the Cavs, Michael ripped my heart out. I thought Michael was a ball hog. I thought Michael traveled every time I was right, but Michael was good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so when the book, The Jordan Rules, came out, like I was all for it, right? Because, you know, I was, uh, it was putting Michael in a negative light, and I was all for that. Right. So I was in maybe sixth, maybe seventh grade. I got the book at the library. Of course, I took it to school to show off, even though I just had it at the library. But I was reading it. Like, we were probably in science class, and I was reading the Jordan Rules, you know? Right. Um, This kid, and I remember who did it to this day. I'm not going to say his name. um, Stole the book. And, you know, there was a stamping, you know, Akron Summit County Public Library on the side. Well, the first thing he did was take black marker and blot it out because he knew it was going to get caught. Right. Like this is Manchester middle school, like 400 kids went there. Right. 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 So I remember they caught him, but they couldn't prove that it was that. And my mom, to her credit, you know, she's, she's batted nine fifty seven for her career and disciplining her helpless sons. Um, she made me pay the library fine. I I had to. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I, I wasn't responsible enough to, to take care of my own stuff. And when it came time, I had to pay it. So, I don't think I ever finished that book, but uh, I remember that. And so, you know, that kid was probably jealous or whatever. I mean, we went to the library every single week. Most times we went to Rolling Acres Mall and I bought books and I read them cover to cover. Right. Um, I was a helpless nerd even then, but, you know, hey, I I think I do the only thing in life that I was meant to do. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, but I remember, you know, Sam Smith and that whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I could spit out the name of the kid who was two years older than me that stole it today because I remember that. That punk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I hope his cable goes out during the last dance, you bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, 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 that's a good way to end this one on. <laughs> yeah, guys, so. Hope um, your cable goes out, bitch. <laughs> um. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in sports. We'll see what happens when we pod. Sometimes we don't talk sports. Sometimes we have something to argue about. We just both, frankly, had 45 minutes or so free tonight. We wanted to do this. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate your sponsors. We appreciate everyone um, that's helped us become a thing. We all look forward to getting back to sports. There's another, while we recorded, after we talked baseball at the beginning, another report saying the teams are starting to hint to the players, stay in shape. MLB is going to pitch something at the association within a few days. Again, it's... It's like everything. Uh, the NFL schedule and, and these NBA plans have been hatched or shot down or you know leaked, however you want to say it. Like Everything comes with such uncertainty that you don't know. But we would love to ship yep. Dre's ass out somewhere. We'd love to get him working, keep him busy. We would love to have baseball to watch. I mean, I would love it, – It's hopefully these are the last few cold days. You know, it's supposed to snow on right. Friday. Did you see that? Right. Um, yeah, I did. You know, <laughs> I want to be sitting outside listening to Tom Hamilton. I do. So absolutely, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us as always. Uh, if you get a chance, support scene, support honeymoon grill, support American fireworks, support everyone to so you guys doing the real work out there. Um, we thank yeah. you. We tip our caps. We support yeah. you. We tip our caps. Um, and if this is a 40 or so minute distraction from something real going on in your life, um, we're glad we could do it. We're, we're rooting for everybody all the way. Be nice, stay sane. And thanks for listening. Konnichiwa, Hollywood.